This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Alright, well, there's never a dull moment when it comes to Canuck Nation, whether it's a new coach, new GM, quote-unquote, a new president. Rob, I'll tell you what, you've been a busy bee the last couple of weeks, and now, practice? No practice? What's going on with the Vancouver Canucks today? I tell you what, I was having a nice casual morning, I had a nice little breakfast, I came to the rink, showed up, you know, ish on time, walk in, go straight to the back of the building, and I'm told, whoa, 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 hey, who? you're not allowed back here. I'm like, what? And basically, we had uh, Yahoo Lamico and uh, Luke Shen test positive there in COVID protocol. So morning skate was limited to Yero Halak, defenseman Kyle Burrows, and Halak's goalie coach, Ian Clark. That was it. The rest of it was canceled. And you can probably hear pucks in the background right now. That is the Columbus Blue Jackets going about business as usual. I'd like to take this from two perspectives. One, let's take this from Columbus's perspective because the reality is, is they're in town and now they become a part of this link that is Calgary, that is Carolina, that could potentially be Vancouver. And now they're there. How do you stop the link? How do you stop this from going on? Because now Columbus is in town. We don't know what the uh, responses will be to the Vancouver Canucks test until about four or five o'clock this afternoon. So in the meantime, you're in the same building with a team that's now got COVID. What do you do? I literally, Roberto, because you are a very wise man and great minds think alike. Now I'm just getting ridiculous. I just asked Brad Larson, the head coach, that exact same question. And essentially he said, forge ahead, business as usual. I mean, what else can you do, right? This is a team that's in some kind of stretch. They're playing like 14 out of 17 on the road. And I did my own little four-minute four minute ditty with him for Vancouver Hockey Now that I'll post a little later talking about this and other, other things. But, you know, what can you do? Most, I'd say about half to two-thirds of the jackets were out for this morning skate. They were originally thinking about going Zoom interview only with the coach, but they ended up having a bunch of us in the room with them. So it's really all you can do. Just go about your business and prepare as if things are normal and hope you got a hockey game tonight. We talk about, you know, what the protocols are from the NHL's perspectives, but what if a player decides, you know what, screw it, man, I don't want to go through this. They have rights as well, do they not? I mean, considering how dicey it is right now with the Beijing Olympics and the fact that guys still want to go there, I mean, overcoming a local COVID scare in a NHL market is like absolutely peanuts compared to the flying from Vegas at the All-Star Game to Beijing to play hockey at the Olympics. So I think ultimately, from a rights standpoint, I can't detail that. You'd be able to do that having just read it, but I do know that no player is going to sit out um, unless they absolutely have to when it comes to playing in their in their local rink. Let's say this gets bigger. And I'm not just talking about Vancouver, but let's talk about the NHL as a whole, Rob, because reality is, is we've been through this before. We know the routines from a year ago when certain teams broke out. Is there an equator? Is there a finish line where if we get to X amount of teams that are struggling with this, we're going to start to miss games. We're going to start to possibly pull back fans from venues. I mean, could this get worse or because we've been through it, are we now a little more battle tested and we're just going to persevere? Again, Faye, you're on your game. It's a great question and very timely. And I'll tell you why. 
So just this morning, I was on the conference call with USA Hockey at 8 a.m. Pacific about what they're doing. It was more about replacing Stan Bowman because of the scandal in Chicago. He had to resign not only there, but also as the Olympic GM for USA Hockey, replaced by Billy Guerin, who moves up from an assistant. Chris Drury takes his spot. So they were announcing that, but the conversation turned into COVID. Uh, and they said they're still moving ahead with plan A, which is NHLers, but building out a plan B, which would be college players and European players uh, and American leaguers or whatever, um, just in case. But as you've just mentioned, there seems to be this growing sentiment, and I'm addressing this in an Olympic perspective first, the guys are getting a little bit nervous and there's you know, it's, I think it's 50 ish, 52 days till the start. January 10th is the cutoff point for the decision for the national hockey league on whether they are going to go or not. Um, and some of the players are kind of saying, you know what, we're going to kind of wait and see a little bit here. We're, no one's fully committed. I mean, they want to play, they're fully committed to play, but I don't think certain guys would be afraid to say, hell no, I'm not going just too big of a hassle, too dangerous. What's the quarantine stuff. And Pat Kelleher, the director of USA Hockey, said that Beijing just issued the new protocols like in the last 48 hours. He just had a copy of them and was reviewing them and said they were mighty, mighty complicated. So open book right now, Robert. Um, in terms of what happens around the league, I mean, same thing. It's, it's kind of a wait and see. Obviously, it's more important to play the NHL schedule and to keep that going. It, it's going to be a domino, a big fat domino effect. If, if the league has to shut down for some reason, then Beijing's done. Absolutely. You know, I even look at it from the IOC's perspective, where if you've got a league that, uh, and I hate to use the word infested, but has a significant number of players that are challenged with this right now, does the IOC say, sorry, NHL, you've got enough problems. We can't have that over here. We're trying to get through this Olympic Games as a whole, even though you're marquee, big money, big ticket. Maybe it works both ways. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. I want yep. to talk about fans because I always think the people that are listening to this are potentially the people that are going to the games. Rob Simpson, let me ask you this. If, in fact, this does happen in Calgary, Carolina, Vancouver, and all these other different cities, at what point do you think there might be a reduction in seats available? And the reason I say this isn't necessarily that it'd be a Canucks decision, but maybe the province of British Columbia, for example, comes in and says, hey, man, we need to take the foot off the gas here a bit. Yeah. No, I mean, sure. I mean, all scenarios are possible. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's that's difficult to predict if it gets worse. Um, I mean, let's put it this way. They sealed off our media area in the back of the building. Um, so the media room was closed this morning because of the positive tests. We're not allowed to kind of circulate in the quote unquote back of the house. So I was kind of working in the Columbus Blue Jackets area, actually dealing with their PR guy and their head coach and some of their players and stuff off to the side. And that's as far as we could really go. Um, I mean, there's no there's no way of predicting that, Rob. I, I'm sure if, if it became dicey again, if this thing I'm, I'm not paying attention to the numbers right now, but if the numbers that, that's more of a society in general situation, I think before they cut off fans in the building or reduce fans in the building. All right, let's get back to the X's and O's of this because Canucks are playing some pretty good hockey right now. I mean, they've won six of their past seven. They're riding high with Bruce Boudreau. All of a sudden, you get this. Blessing, curse, maybe a little bit of both. How would you assess this? If, if I mean, because who knows who pops in the afternoon tests? This 
in my estimation, is too bad because it looks like they had just gotten some traction and now all of a sudden might be having to uh, deal with a, a fluctuating roster. If it remains just the two guys, I mean, you're talking about a, essentially, well, a very valuable, arguably third pair defenseman, the way things have been going with Luke Shen. He's actually played probably beyond that recently. So he's kind of a key figure. Um, Lamico Yuho has improved as of late and been a bigger factor offensively. I, I was kind of kidding around earlier when I did my grades at the quarter pole that, you know, he tries hard and did not really give him a very good grade because he just wasn't there at all. He was just kind of, I figured one of these plug in fourth liners you get for 750 grand, but he's actually improved his play and he's been pretty diligent. He's been a good checker and he's created some chances. So it, it is a blow. Now they've got to figure out who they're going to slide into that spot for Luke Shen. Little more versatility and availability up front. I mean, Justin Dowling had bumped Alex Chase on, so Chase on can work his way back into the lineup. If now, if more get knocked out, holy crap! I don't have an answer for you right now. <laughs> and that I might know. mean not. That might not. That might mean not playing the game. I mean, it depends on how. Depends on how many. Again, we're trying to predict the future here. Well, you can get COVID more than once. I mean, that's a scientific fact. I doubt that right now the Canucks are going to do the same things that they did last time, which was be a little lax on the front end of this. I think, if anything, they probably learned from the last go-around that they got to clamp things down relatively quick here as opposed to kind of, you know, waiting and seeing. But I look around the NHL right now, Rob, and there's some big names that are dealing with this. I mean, Brad Marchand in Boston... The Islanders are without Matthew Barzell. I mean, we're talking about some, you know, we talk about third pairing defensemen and all that, and maybe it's just a little bit of a trickle in the in the pond. But, I mean, when you start to get your A-listers and they have to miss games, the NHL's got to be a little concerned from a, a PR to marketing perspective as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you brought, you brought up Calgary a little bit ago. And they had Kachuk, and they've had, a, they've had to cancel games, postpone games. In fact, these Blue Jackets are supposed to head to, Calgary here shortly and they're questioning whether that's going to even happen so yeah I mean there's implications across the board um, by the way here's another example whether people see this just before or after just after this but the PR department that shut down the back of the building for us and announced that things would probably be zoom rather than in person just announced that uh, Jim Rutherford will be conducting another media availability this afternoon at 12 30 Pacific. So I'm sure you and I will tweet along any of the news when people actually see this after the fact, which is curious because, you know, we just had the big press conference with JR yesterday. Why is he handling the Zoom today? Maybe it means he has some news. I'm not sure what Gabby's up to, Bruce Boudreaux, but we'll find out if he'll be available a little bit later on in the day. But that's the full status of media availability right now. It's Jim Rutherford at 1230. Rob Williams, who's also a fine reporter in this city, I'm going to read his tweet to you and then we'll kind of break it down really quickly. So he says, so at least six hurricanes have COVID. They were in Vancouver on Sunday, Calgary on Thursday. Now, nine Flames players have COVID. Two Canuck players have COVID. Two Bruins players had COVID. They were all in Vancouver or Calgary on Saturday. So I'm going to circle back on a question that I asked you earlier. At what point do the Canucks get a little bit nervous 
that maybe the outside pressure begins to formulate on this because now you have a house where different teams continue to come in and come out at Rogers Arena with a full 18,000 and change in there. How long before somebody says we need to address that? I mean, that's a that's a genuine question. Like as a guy that's worked in sports before, you're looking at maybe having to go backwards in your capacity if this continues to be a problem. Yeah, well, you you mentioned earlier when you when you brought that up, the fact that tests are pending this afternoon. The test schedule is a little wacky, to be quite honest with you. It seems to me, uh, I think it was one of the other reporters as we were standing around and waiting brought up the fact that they think Luke Shen was first tested on Sunday, may have played that game when he was positive because then he got the results on Monday. Here we are on Tuesday. It's announced that he's not going. And Lamico also is positive. Yeah, I took a photograph of the Columbus bag hockey bag stack during the morning skate of the Carolina game because they came in a few days earlier out of, out of Seattle. So they've been hanging around. I guess there's really no way to answer that question until we get the test results in the late afternoon or pregame for the Vancouver Canucks. Now, if the, if the you-know-what hits the fan <laughs> at that point, then, yeah, you're going to have everybody going, oh, boy, what's going to happen next? But I think we have to wait for those tests. Okay, here's my solution. Don't bring yep. me your problems. Bring me your solution. <laughs> what if they decided to scrap the Olympics, use that two-week window that's already in place, send everybody home, Stay quarantined, do what you got to do, and then come back and everybody's nice and fresh and ready to rock. That's one possibility. Another possibility is just use part of it for the, in that regard and use the rest of it to make up games and loosen the schedule a little bit for teams that have been affected. I mean, why not? If you know 100% that guys are negative and you've got a wonky schedule or you've got games to make up, Heck yeah, drop them in there. I mean, adjust the schedule accordingly. But yeah, they could definitely use that time, that window. Boy, oh boy, that would be... It's a fat window, by the way. Like, it, I mean, it yes. is a three weeks kind of deal here. You could really manipulate it in your favor and take care of business the way you need to if it came down to it. Well, yeah, I'm just no thinking, question. yeah, the timing might actually work out to the NHL's advantage. I mean, obviously, you lose out on the Olympic Games, which is only a small portion of the players that are going overseas anyway. But yep. why not take that two-week window, put in an NHL quarantine where you got to go home for a week or whatever it is, stay out of trouble, don't go out, do whatever, get your vaccination test, come back negative so that we can rinse it out, so to speak, instead of just you know weaving your way through the season where teams are missing three, four players. Well, just to look at the Canucks schedule, they play at Nashville on February 1st. They do not play again until home against the Calgary Flames on February 24th. That is 23 days to play with. So you could do a whole lot of everything in that window if it did work out that way. Of course, you know, the guys, some of them wouldn't mind maybe a week in the Caribbean, but. <laughs> You're missing the purpose. Robbie. I know. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for solutions, bud. I'm not looking for, I'm not creating more problems. I'm going to the beach. Well, you'll make friends with that solution. I can assure you that. Uh, Rob, before I let you go, let's just finish up. We've uh, had a week now to kind of digest all the changes that have happened with this Vancouver Canuck team. 
been a lot of positivity. It's been a lot of feel good, but there's still a lot of work ahead. Jim Rutherford came forward and said that he doesn't want to make changes, but obviously he's still taking phone calls on players. Yep. You've been around this league long enough to know that no promise is truly solid. And if Jim Rutherford finds something that he's going to do, he's going to do it. Is this a tough situation for him because he's he's battling a number of things? He's battling being the new kid on the block, assessing what he's going to do in the big scheme of things over the next two years, and then he's got that break. Like, is it? Is, are we actually taking him at face value that maybe he won't do anything because it's a tough time to do stuff over the next two months? I think Jim Rutherford will do whatever he thinks is necessary to do or whatever he wants to do if he thinks it improves the hockey club, and I don't think it matters what the date on the calendar is when he does it. I know he does not want to keep this GM job for sure. If it involves signing or getting someone that's under contract presently, obviously he'll have to hold the position until the end of the season, which would be fine. He's kind of indicated he wouldn't mind that. But the idea here is 72 years old is to mentor someone along, bringing them along, bring them along. Um, that said, he will do what he needs to do to improve the hockey club. If he can come up with an offer or a deal that's, right then he's going to do it there's simply no question about it um that's just what he's going to do the press conference was interesting for me for a couple of reasons one because francesco for the second time is draped by somebody that can take a little pressure off of him like he had with stan smeal about a week earlier but i look at jim rutherford i love his presence i love the way that he was calm i mean we went from jim benning who kind of bumbles and fumbles around a press conference whereas Jim Rutherford came in silky smooth, been there, done that. There was a lot of things to like about it. But I also sit back and one of the questions that came up, and I think it was really early from Ben Kuzman, he said, well, Francesco's a real active owner. He likes to be a part of things. How are you going to handle that? Jim danced around it, but at the same time, he's been around enough that you think, do you think he might be the one guy to look to Francesco and be like, nah, we got this. Just trust us in this instance. Well, in this case, it sounds like, Francesco did a lot of pursuing, like he went to his house in North Carolina to hire him. And, and apparently Rutherford was under the weather and it got delayed. And Jimmy Rutherford even said, um, yeah, you know, go ahead. I'm, I'm not going to take the gig. You, you know, don't wait for me. And Francesco said, no, I'm going to wait for you and I'm going to hire you. And, and Jim Rutherford agreed. It's believed, it's a strongly held belief that the reason he resigned in Pittsburgh is because he lost autonomy. So in other words, there was a deal or two that he wanted to get done that he was not allowed to get done in January, last this past one, in 2021. And he said, you know what? Sayonara. Because um, I remember everybody was kind of freaked out at first. And a lot of, obviously, he knows everybody. And people were concerned, like, oh, my God, is is there something wrong? Is he sick? Because it was very unusual for that to occur, to have a person in his position to leave in January. But as it turns out, I think it became kind of a power thing or, or, or power might probably the wrong word in this situation, just autonomy and decision making. So with that in mind, I would think that it's he would have made it very clear cut or very clear that he has that autonomy. He has the power to make decisions to be the hockey guy. And if Francesco has an ounce of, of logical wisdom, uh, he would follow that with Jim Rutherford because which, which guy has 99.5% of the hockey knowledge out of those two, Jim Rutherford. Okay. So if he gets his autonomy and he gets to hold his autonomy, I don't think we're going to have an issue here. And I think, again, he'll do what he has to do. 
Love it. Rob Simpson, thank you for this today, especially when you walked in the doors and all of a sudden the schematics changed of the arena where you could go, where you couldn't go. Uh, you worked hard, man. You got some good stuff. I look forward to reading it on VancouverHockeyNow.com. And the guru will probably appreciate reading that as well. You've been busy today already. I love it. I have been busy today, Roberto. And uh, you know what? Besides probably two or three major items coming up on Vancouver Hockey Now, I'm also recording material for the guru himself this afternoon. We've got some really kick-ass investor roundtables coming up on uh, equity do- equity.guru. So it's going to be redonkulous today in terms of the uh, content overload for my feeble brain. The growing fan base appreciates it. So I'll let you get to work and thank you for this. Thank you, Rob. Sorry we missed yesterday. Uh, we are gonna, Monday was whacked, man. We had a wacky Monday. A lot going on. All right, Rob. Thank you. Cheers, man.